All right. Okay. Here we go. Hello, everybody. What is going on? Armin Hammer here. Uh, let's see. It is currently 2 p.m. in Austin, Texas, and uh, it's the end of the day at Strength and Depth, end of day one. We saw a couple different events go down, two events on the individual side, two events on the team side. Today, right now, you and me together, we're going to be talking about what we uh, what we saw happen today. Uh, so we're going to take a look at the, the two events we saw, um, both the individuals and the teams. They did uh, running in the morning. They did a 6K run. Teams had a little bit of a, a kerfuffle sort of wrinkle into their run in that they had to carry 20 kilo sandbag uh, the entire distance. And then both the teams and the individuals also did a variation of the standard from the CrossFit Games uh, 2019 last year. So the individuals did 30 clean and jerks, followed by 30 muscle ups, followed by 30 snatches for time. And the teams did uh, male, male pair, female, female pair. Um, the male males did 60 clean and jerks between the two men. 15 synchro muscle-ups, the females did 15 synchro muscle-ups, and then 60 snatches between the two women. So um, it was a, it was an exciting day of competition. I've got a couple thoughts here, but before we jump on and talk uh, any more about that, um, first of all, today's episode is brought to you by water. Very important to stay hydrated. If you're not drinking water right now, what are you even doing with your life? Let's be honest. That's, that's just rule number one. You got to drink water to keep yourself hydrated loosey-goosey and you know ready for anything the world's gonna th throw at you um, but for real before we jump into talking about the uh, the event uh, I did want to show you guys something real quick uh, someone sent this to me uh, there's a new documentary and I'm reading this off of my phone by the way there's a new documentary coming out called out of the box now out of the box it gets onto iTunes February 18th and uh, it is a documentary about a CrossFit coach named Amit Tripuraneni, I'm really sorry, Amit, uh, who travels across six Asian cities to explore food, culture, and CrossFit. So he looks at a bunch of different boxes, you know, uh, Shanghai, Kuala Lumpur, um, Manila, Taipei, and then finally to the games in Madison. I have the trailer here for you guys. It's super short. It's 60 seconds. We're going to watch it together. Um, and then I'll have a link that you guys can go check it out uh, on like Apple, iTunes or whatever uh, in the description of the video after it's over. So uh, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and take a look at that. Southeast Asia in general doesn't have a very big fitness culture. When we opened up three years ago, we were the sixth box in KL. It's definitely growing in awareness and in practice around. The goal from day one, from the very first year, was to find the fittest man and woman in the world. I want to find the fittest person, people in each country. We light a spark somewhere. So say for instance in India, there wasn't much chance of getting there. Well now it's a fact, someone's gonna go and why not me? And uh, that always um, sparks uh, involvement, competition. And so I, I, th I think we hit the sweet spot here. I was diagnosed with breast cancer stage 2A and I underwent 10 sessions of chemotherapy. After all completing all the treatment, I entered into CrossFit. The results were really remarkable. And when I showed it to my doctors, they're really happy with that because they think that CrossFit is really doing great for me in my fight against cancer. 
well, there you go. That that seems. Uh, I mean, I don't have any sort of vested interest in this documentary. Um, I don't know the people who made it. I don't know Amit. I know one or two of the producers, and um, I think it's just interesting that now we have a little bit more of an open vibe when it comes to what's going on in the for like the world of media when it comes to CrossFit. Uh, and I think it's exciting that we kind of get to to show that off a little bit sometimes. So. If that is something that you're interested in, like I said, I'll put the link for the iTunes pre-order into the description of this video once it's over with, so you can just go right there and check it out. But now that that is over with, uh, that was out of the box, now that that's done, by the way, the reason why I keep looking down is because my laptop is directly underneath this camera, and below that is my, uh, my iPad, which is letting me control what you guys are seeing and what I'm doing at the same time. So I'm not just ignoring you or not paying attention. It's, it's, this is a real connection. I'm, I'm not the guy with my phone out uh, at dinner, not paying attention, right? So let's go ahead and take a look at this. Um, the first thing that we're going to take a look at is the uh, women's finish for the run. So the first event that they had this morning was a 6K run. And I have it queued up here. And I just want to take a look at it real quick. I'm going to even put in my earbuds so I can hear the commentators as they were talking through this. 400 meters. So this is the very end of full speed. It's really, really hard. And we've got a bit of a foot race. And I specifically want to keep our eyes on Haley Haley Adams. Adams. Nice finish. Looking solid. A little bit, little, little bit tired there. Catch your breath. Yeah, a little I bit tired there. Uh, catch your breath. That and shows the effort that's fine. gone into this opening that's workout. All that's all it took for her. She kind of bends over real quick, gets her, uh, gets her, gets her breath back, and she's good to go. And I think it's, it's. Uh, we talk about Haley Adams being this sort of, you know, teenage wonder. Um, she is no longer a teenager. I believe she just turned twenty. So she had a phenomenal performance at the games last year. And I've spoken to a couple of different people involved in sort of her progression. Um, Hinshaw being one of them. And Hinshaw talks about Haley as having this really phenomenal uh, width when it comes to the base of her fitness, her aerobic capacity, her conditioning. And this is a perfect example of that. I mean, she goes through this workout. She finishes near the top at a 6K run. Um, she looks like she's fine, honestly. And then she finishes up that event, comes into the next event, and wins the second event of the day, the the standard event. So we're seeing we're seeing a Haley Adams that's really kind of progressing into her own. It used to be that when you see an athlete, if they were super strong, they had like a big advantage coming into CrossFit. But if they had like a running background or if they had a conditioning background, um, even even conditioning that would be you know kind of applicable, it never really was a red flag that this person's going to be a real um, a real threat in the competitive scene. Uh, but that's starting to change a little bit now. I think people are starting to realize more and more that the competition of CrossFit. The weekend long competitions, they are in and of themselves endurance events. You gotta you gotta warm yourself up, you gotta peak your performance for this this high power output relative to the whole weekend high power output event. You gotta bring yourself back down, recover, warm yourself back up, 
And you do this, you know, six, seven, 10, 12, 15 times, depending on where you're competing over the course of three, four, five days, right? And so what you're really looking at here is the competitive environment of CrossFit is an endurance event. And one of the hallmarks of having really strong endurance and having really good conditioning is that not only can you handle volume of work, which Haley has proven that she can through her performance at the games last year, as well as through the fact that she trains with Rich Froning most of the time, and that is about as much volume as you possibly could do as a human being, not only can you handle the uh, extreme volume that is involved in competition and training for competition and peaking for competition, but you also have a very quick turnaround in recovering for the very next event over the course of a weekend or the next training session or the next competition. And so this is just, uh, you know, to say that Haley Adams's conditioning base is something that I think is probably going to be more you know, finely tuned and appropriately used in a competitive CrossFit career versus, you know, someone who is similarly aged but incredibly strong or more of like a sprinter type, uh, a power athlete. So she's doing really well. I uh, I think that she is definitely the, the woman to beat this weekend. Um, she already has her spot to the games, so it's really no sweat off her back. I mean, she's out there just doing what she wants to do and, uh, and crushing it. So let's go ahead and move on real quick. And we're going to, we're going to go through this real fast. We're not going to be here for, for an hour talking about this. Cause you know, we're just, we're just going right through the, the top moments, the top events, uh, things to look for, things to look at, uh, coming into day two. And one thing that we looked at for day one you know, a top moment was uh, Matt Fraser's finish during the standard event. So let's go ahead and take a look at that here. We have it right here. Final rep, I believe. Final rep he is on. Here we go. So there is Matt point, Fraser. He's and he's walking over the line in under eight minutes. 30, That's 7.53. Look at that for a statement of intent here in London from uh, Matt Fraser. In the, in the that is what four-time CrossFit Games champion can do. Um, Bronislav had sort of slowed down a ton when it came to his muscle ups, but he knocked out, you know, set a 10 to, to start off the, 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 the Isabel portion of the standard, very impressive, very, very Bronislav esque performance on that one. Um, and I think Matt's finish here. I mean, we just saw one final rep, um, and I didn't want to highlight, I don't want to highlight like an entire workout. You know, you can watch the you can watch the stream again. You can watch the highlights and stuff on on um, Strength and Depth's YouTube challenges where I'm finding these these uh, clips. But basically, what I wanted to highlight there was the fact that Matt Fraser came into that event not in first place. In fact, he's not in first place after the two events of of day one. We'll we'll go to, we'll get to the leaderboard in a second here. But he's not in first place. He's in second place behind Lucas Hogberg now. His performance inside the competitive floor, not the outside event, not the running event, his performance inside the competitive floor is exactly what you expect. Dominant. Very, very dominant. Now, does that mean that he's going to run away with it? No. It looks like it's shaping up to be relatively close competition. However, there is only one other outside event. So even if he does poorly in that event tomorrow, he has, you know, 
two events more inside on Saturday and two events inside on Sunday that he's the favored athlete for, right? So that's a lot of points that he kind of has already going for him. Um, This is an exciting sanctional because we're seeing Lucas Hogberg show up prepped, primed, and ready for this. He stepped out of the open specifically because it was too stressful. It just wasn't the right time. It wasn't the right moment for him. And he knows that, you know, he's got the capacity to show up and be able to get his spot at various sanctionals. This is a really cool test for him because he's going basically head to head with Matt Fraser. There aren't too many other athletes that are going to be pushing those two athletes. They're they're clearly head and shoulders above everybody else when it comes to this field. As far as the team competition goes, um, I actually want, wanted to take a look at the very end of the standard event for the teams, um, specifically the finish for uh, for Mayhem. Now, Mayhem actually had uh, a very close competition here. Uh, they were sort of neck and neck with a team. I don't want to get it wrong. Trainlikefight.com. Uh, this team was not a team that I expected to be pushing them. Uh, and yet here we are at the very end of that workout. And, uh, you know, they're, they're pretty close. They're neck and neck. And also the commentary here is really hilarious. Can train oh, this is going to be close. Train light fight. If they can go touch and go, this could be huge. But Tasha, this barbell for her is, is just like a toothpick. This Let's barbell for her is like hands. a toothpick. Who's I love that. I love that call. That's a great call. Uh, and it's absolutely true. Uh, watching Tasia Perseva's rock that snatch workout um, at the very end of that event was was really impressive. Um, as far as the team competition goes, Mayhem had, uh, you know, not their best showing. I would say arguably a poor showing, uh, finishing middle of the pack-ish on the run event this morning. Now, what does middle of the pack-ish actually look like? We'll look at the scores in a second here, but realistically speaking, the first place team crushed the field. It wasn't even close. But basically second through 10th were like a minute apart. So in terms of performance, not really that far down the leaderboard. I think they were about 40 seconds away from second place. But in terms of points, yeah, they 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 kind of uh, they kind of ducked it up right there. You know what I mean? And what this does for them is maybe put them on their heels a little bit going into the weekend. Now, I talked about this a little bit last night when I did my preview. My guess is that Mayhem is going to win five of these seven events, like outright win five of these seven events. From this point on, they have no more outdoor events. I'm laying one out there in case they just drop an egg on something somehow. Um, or you know one of these other teams shows up and is able to push them, but my guess is they're they're probably going to be winning almost all of the remaining events. Um, however, you saw in that little clip there, uh, trainlikefight.com was right next to them. I mean, literally right next to them, pushing them through the entire competition. So that that uh, or through the entire event. So that was really surprising to me. Um, I still would say let's keep our eye on uh, Team Wade. Uh, this is a team of, of a bunch of badasses coming together to basically just to try and steal Mayhem's lunch money. So I don't know if that's actually going to happen, but um, you know it'll be fun to watch. Now let's go ahead and take a look at the leaderboard real quick here. So what we've got is the women's leaderboard. I hope that's easy to read. If not, let's see if we can make that a little bit 
bigger. There we go. First place is Haley Adams. Um, she had a second place finish and a first place finish in the run, uh, second place finish in the run, first place finish in the standard. So she's had a really solid day. Now, second place, um, Gabriella Magala, she, you know, fifth place, second place, very consistent, very strong, an athlete to keep our eyes on as the event moves. Well, it's going to move back onto the water tomorrow morning, but as it moves back inside for the remainder of the weekend, you know, two more events on Saturday, two events on Sunday, it's going to be lower Horvath. Now, lower Horvath had I would say two pretty consistent finishes, seventh and seventh. However, you know, top 10 on a smaller field like this, not good enough, not going to do it. She's going to need to put together a couple of home runs. I suspect that Horvath is, you know, kind of eyeballing the double under clean workout, maybe eyeballing the chipper workout tomorrow as places where she can really shine. I don't think that the rope climb and handstand push or handstand walk workout is going to be a big problem for her that workout that's going to show up on Sunday. But I also don't think it's necessarily going to be like something that she knocks out of the park, especially considering who she's competing against athletes like Haley Adams, who's in first place right now. Um, Steph Chung, who's in 10th place right now. She had a great performance on the standard, not a great performance on the run. Doesn't mean that she can't make up that difference, but she has 92 points and she's going to need to make up, you know, close to 80 maybe 75 points to try and push into the podium. It's not impossible. It's just not, you know, going to be easy for her to do that. It's going to require a lot of people up ahead of her to, you know, drop the ball. Um, On the men's side, I mentioned that Fraser is actually not in first place. And I think that's really important because I think we've been kind of trained not counting the 2019 games. I think we've been kind of trained to look at Matt Fraser's performances as this slow roll of inevitability. When is he going to take the lead? Because when he takes the lead, the game's over. That's it. That's all we got. And now we have this feeling of when is he going to take the lead, but we have another outdoor event, an unknown event tomorrow. It's the row on the water. Hard to say where the athletes are going to stack up because we don't have any points of comparison. But that said, Hogberg is taller than Matt is, right? Matt Fraser is on the shorter side. Lucas Hogberg is on the taller side. Usually, I would guess that length and height help with on-water rowing. Um, I, and this is going to sound ridiculous, but honestly, Hogberg's European. And so my... <laughs> Something about him being European tells me that he's probably had some experience in like water rowing. Isn't that like a high school sport all over the place in Europe? I don't know. It's like handball, soccer, and crew, like the three most popular sports in Europe, probably. I don't know. But either way, I feel like the height situation as well as the European situation, that makes it sound a lot more ominous than it actually is. But you get what I'm saying. I think Hogberg is going to be able to, you know, maybe push for a a good spot uh, on that rowing event. However, much like the mayhem dominance, it's just kind of you just expect them to win most of the events. And kind of what we saw Tia do at the Mayhem Classic a couple weeks ago, Matt Fraser's MO is if you put him into the room with other CrossFitters doing classic CrossFit stuff like couplets, triplets, and chippers, he's probably going to win almost every one of those events. So, you know, he didn't brick it when it came to the run. He was sixth, uh, 22 minutes, 11 seconds for a 6K. That's pretty quick 
that's, 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 you know, you're, you're moving it. So he didn't, he didn't lay an egg on that first workout, but he won the second one. And now is only six points behind second or behind first place with a lot of indoor events that he's probably favored to win coming up. So it's going to take a really, really rough and very uncharacteristic Matt Fraser weekend for him to not end up on top of the podium. You know, he plays a very humble game when he is on his interviews and he's like, you know what? It's it's a competition weekend. Anyone, anywhere, anytime. You know, I just have to keep my eyes on my lane and make sure that I'm ahead of everybody and doing what I need to do. And that is true. It is also true that he's really good at this, like really good at this. So he's probably, you know, he's got that going for him. The fact that he's like exceptionally good at this competitive exercise thing. Yeah, I'm not super worried about Matt Fraser. I am interested to see how well Lucas Hogberg can do because really it's that podium, that second place finish that's going to be the the invite to the CrossFit Games. Can Hogberg hold on uh, to second place? I don't know. We'll see what happens. He's he's very fit, and he's also known for being able to really bring it when it matters um, and show up and compete. A couple other athletes that we want to mention on the men's side who are both fun to watch as well as have interesting stories. Will Morad had a back issue at the MAM Classic a couple weeks ago. Seems to be doing okay. He's here now. He's in fifth place. He's doing well. Tenth place finish on the run. Very quick time, 22-20. That's wild. Tenth place finish on the run, followed by a fourth place on standard. Two really, really solid times. Two very, very solid scores. Um, Right behind him, Sam Stewart, uh, a son of Ireland and... Uh, really just putting together a solid, solid performance. Like sixth place against this type of a field. There are several national champions below him. Um, you know, he's he's the real deal. Uh, I would be surprised uh, if we don't hear a lot more about Sam Stewart in, in the coming years. I mean, he's got a lot going for him, uh, and he's he's quite fit. Um, and the last person I want to talk about here is uh, Andre Houdet. Now, You've probably heard me talk about Andre Houdet a couple of times here. Once he made his name for himself, once he really made a splash onto the scene, in my opinion, with last year's fittest in Cape Town, he was in the lead for most of that weekend. Um, It was only the very last couple of events that both Sweeney and Sager passed him up. He's young. He's clearly working very, very hard and training super hard. Um, he's fun to watch, in my opinion, because he's very graceful in his movements. It's like it's interesting to see someone who has that type of, uh, you know, he's like he's like very agile when he's moving around. Sometimes CrossFitters get super jiggity jacked, and so when they're moving around, it's kind of like you're like old Play-Doh. You're still very graceful and still fast, but like man, one wrong move and you're gonna crack a shoulder off and you're gonna lose an arm. Um, but Andre Houdet is it, maybe it's just his young, his young joints and connective tissue have not been beat down into submission yet, but either way, he's a, uh, he's a fun one to watch and he's got a really interesting story. Uh, he told a story after he won his heat for the standard about how he, uh, his, his brother passed away, uh, several years ago. It was like one of his biggest fans and really big supporter for him doing the CrossFit thing. And he uh, he has a sister who also is, is very sick, who kind of like helps out and like with with her support. And they asked him, you know, what would your sister say watching you fail your your last couple of snatches? 
uh, at, uh, on Isabel and the standard. And he was like, she'd probably tell me that I need to work on this a little bit more, that it probably shouldn't be failing those snatches at 135. But the reason why it failed is because, you know, he, he really went for it and he put together a solid finish. I mean, I think his sixth place finish on the standard, very, very impressive to see. Now, on the team side, so we got the team competition here. Another situation in which the all-out favorite Mayhem is not in first place. So just like on the team, uh, just like on the individual men's side of competition, you know, Matt Fraser is going to be slowly inching his way up that leaderboard. Mayhem Freedom is also going to be slowly inching their way up that leaderboard. And I, I mentioned earlier that they had kind of a problem. Um, they they had a ninth place finish. On that first workout now ninth place uh, top 10 not that bad however there are only 19 gyms competing here 19 so middle of the pack you know middle of the pack that's not where rich froning wants to be or expects to be uh in fact what he expects is this guy right here first place and that's what they got when it came to their second event of the day um really solid i mean by like 20 seconds um but it just wasn't enough to put them in first place because the team that we've been talking about a little bit since yesterday, Team Wade, um, this this team from Ireland that includes Emma McQuaid on it, uh, yeah, these 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 people are not messing around. I mean, they're here to really show that you know any what Matt says right is true. Anytime, any day, the competition is open to anybody who has a great day and is is ready to put out for the win. And I think they are absolutely ready to put out for the win. They had two really impressive performances, first and third. Super consistent. Um, Trainlikefight.com, I'm, I'm embarrassed that I don't know these people. Uh, but third place and second place, I would not have guessed that. Um, I do not recognize. I apologize. I'm going to go ahead and apologize to uh, David Mata, Jose Palufo, uh, Rita Garcia Herrera, and uh, Agonese Manon because... I, I'm so sorry. Uh, you guys are, are killing it right now. I, I hope this stays up. I hope this keeps up because I would love to get to, to hear more about you guys from the uh, commentators and the on-the-floor media out there. That said, Mayhem has their work cut out for them. They have about 42 points between them and first place. First place right now, Team Wade. They're not going to be seeding a lot of points very often. Now, what mayhem does have going for them is because the field of teams is so small all they need to do it sounds ridiculous to say it this way all they need to do is just win like every event and team wade can't make up the points even if they take second across it right a 42 point difference is going to be tough to make up but when you're talking about like the best crossfit team in the world it's not going to be impossible that said I did say earlier, and I did say last night, and I still stand by it. My guess is that Mayhem is going to win five of seven, at least, like just outright first place finishes. And that is going to be very difficult to lose. You know, it's going to be really hard for them to win five of the seven events and not take first place. Um, th th this is going to be an interesting weekend. I think the team competition is going to be the most exciting competition solely because Mayhem Freedom has to make a bunch of great moves in order to move themselves back up the board. Um, but with all the events that we see coming in tomorrow, 
tomorrow's going to be a really good opportunity for them to do that. Let's go ahead and take a look at those events now. No, I do not want my toolbar. I want to look at the next tab. There we go. See you guys live production. So here's the, here's what day two of strength and depth is going to look like on the individual side. First of all, hydration, very important. I drink water by the way, um, while I'm talking because I I'm talking for so long that my mouth just gets really like full of spit. And then I start choking on my own saliva while I'm talking to you guys. And that's not it. No, that's, that's just not dope. That's the opposite of dope. That's like the softball toss from the CrossFit games years back. It's just super lame. And no one wants to see it. So I'm not going to make you watch that. Instead, you're just going to have to watch me drink water every now and then. Hopefully it serves as a reminder that you too should be drinking water. It's very good for you. Hydration is important. Maybe get some sleep, but not while I'm talking to you because that'd be rude. Anyway, all right, let's go ahead and talk about uh, Strength and Depth Day 2. So they are going to be starting off with an outside event, an event we haven't seen at a CrossFit competition before, and that is going to be the on-water rowing event. They have not announced, as far as I know, the distance or any of those details. What we know is that they're going to be on the water. They're going to be on uh, two-person um, boats. They're going to be on two-person boats, right? Uh, the second person on the boat is going to be kind of like a judge slash helper who's kind of like a professional in that moment. Um, they're experts in rowing. They're there to uh, balance out the weight of the boat. They're there to make sure that the boat doesn't like flip over immediately while the athletes are rowing on it. It's going to be fun to see. I have no idea what to expect from this event. Um, I will be waking up way too early in the morning to watch these people row. But that said, I was the guy who, when the half marathon row occurred at the CrossFit games, I watched the little eight bit rowing icons that looked like a super Nintendo, um, for hours while that was going on, uh, because I was working at the gym at the time and I couldn't make it in person to watch them row. So I guess it's actually kind of better because I get to see them row it like actually on water. And it's like, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. The The stream has been pretty good so far. I thought the coverage of the run was really solid. So I suspect they're actually going to be able to pull off a, a really good outdoor coverage. Fingers crossed. Uh, London doesn't just screw them over with some messed up weather. We'll see how it goes. The second event the individuals are going, going to do tomorrow is the chipper event. 100 wall ball shots, 75 toast to bar, 75 assault by calories. That's 50 calories for the women. 75 double dumbbell shoulder to overhead um, using either a 50 pounder, 22 and a half kilo, or a 35 pounder, 15 kilo, maybe 33 pounds, but we'll just round up 35 pounder. And then finally, a 100 foot single arm walking overhead lunge with a slightly heavier dumbbell. Now, this is going to be a cool workout to see. Um, I was hanging out with Matt and Tia right after the Mayhem Classic, right before uh, uh, Matt left for London. And I watched him do kind of a version of a workout that included many of these movements, but significantly heavier. I think he was doing like single arm, 100 pound dumbbell clean and jerks. Um, so I would be really surprised if he has any issue with any of these movements. We've seen him do exceptionally well with large volume shoulder to overhead workouts. Um, we saw that with the uh, 
the push press, the kettlebell push press and handstand walk workout that we had at the 2019 games. Um, he is of course the number one favorite when it comes to any sort of classic CrossFit workout. And guess what this is? It's a classic CrossFit workout. And we have also seen him kind of just lay down the hammer when it comes to workouts that end with lunges. He just doesn't care that his body is screaming at him to stop. So he just doesn't. So Matt Fraser is definitely the favorite on this one. We talked a little bit about Lucas Hogberg. Hogberg's also, you know, someone to watch here. He's taller. He's uh, European. Did I mention that? He's very good at CrossFit. And he has a berth to the CrossFit Games on the line as long as he can stick next to Matt Fraser as, as long as possible throughout the weekend. So that's going to be fun to watch on the men's side. On the women's side, you know, again, I talk a lot about, you know, the favorites. Haley Adams is the favorite going into this event. She is the favorite on a workout like this. I suspect that we're going to see an athlete like Laura Horvath really push to take an event like this. This is the type of thing that I think that she would excel at. It doesn't have any of the classic sort of like holes in her game that would be exposed. It doesn't have handstand pushups, but it does have good pacing, good capacity, and just grunt work. And those are things that she is really, really good at. Now, the last event the individuals are going to be doing is going to be another event to watch Laura Horvath on. Now, it is sets of double unders, easy double unders, just sets of 30, and then a descending rep scheme with an ascending weight clean ladder. So it's 10 cleans at 100 kilos, 70 kilos, eight cleans at 110, 75, six cleans at 120, 80, four cleans at 130, 85, two cleans at 140 and 92 and a half. So it basically starts at 10 cleans with 220 pounds or 155 pounds. And it ends at two cleans at like 308 and like 204, 205, something like that. So this is going to be a fun one to watch. Um, I think the athletes are uh, allowed to do the uh, power clean variation as opposed to a full squat clean. If it is a full squat clean, it would actually go against an athlete like Haley Adams, who does not do particularly well with heavy squat cleans. She just gets buried um, at the at the bottom of the hole. But with power cleans, probably not going to be that big of a deal. Um, same thing on the men's side. It's get It gets kind of boring to say watch for Matt Fraser. But I would say in an event like this, watch for Will Morad. Will Morad has a lot of things going for him. He's a veteran of the games. He's been around for a long time. He qualified out of arguably the hardest region to ever qualify out of, which was the 2014 Central region. Um, he had to take a bunch of time off, but come back to to CrossFit and has been you know really good. He was 10th place at the 2019 CrossFit Games. He's definitely got the fitness and the the specific capacities to do well at an event like this. So I would I would keep my eyes on an athlete like Will Morad. The individuals uh that's six and seven so that's the last day uh let's go and look at the teams that's the individual events three four and five the teams they're going to be doing these events so it's going to look kind of sort of similar but it's also going to look kind of sort of different we'll talk about that in a second here is the chipper event that the teams have going for them they're going to start off saturday morning so it's going to be 100 wall balls 50 synchro toes to bar, 50 assault bike calories, 50 warm push press, 100 foot warm lunge. And the way this works is this team of four is going to be split into two sub teams, male, female, male, female, right? The male, female pairs are going to be doing 100 wall balls, 100 wall balls with one person working at a time. And then 50 synchro toes to bar, 50 synchro toes to bar, 
50 calories on an assault bike, 50 calories on an assault bike. Once they're done with all of those, the four are going to come back together and get onto the worm. This is a, a, a very classic style of team workout when it comes to these, these CrossFit competitions. The combination of push press um, and lunge is not necessarily something you want to sleep on, but honestly, worm push press is not super difficult as long as your team is even moderately coordinated and you can sort of handle the whip that occurs with the worm. You know, the last thing that you want is to get any sort of momentum that transfers across the worm because once that happens, it, it really does function like a whip where the back of the worm just takes the brunt of that energy. So as long as you can stay in sync across those reps and have good communication, you'll probably be able to run through that relatively quickly. And it's the same thing kind of with the lunge. The lunge is about the the coordination, but also about the spacing between each of the individual athletes. So if, if some of them are too close together and there's too big of a space here, or if they're too close together and there's too big of a space to the front, it ends up creating sort of a sag. The sag ends up being really detrimental for the person who is ahead of the sag because it pushes them or pulls them in the opposite direction they're trying to go. So it, it it's a cool coordination thing. This is one of those situations where your team's body, like literally all four of you are going to not want to move a single inch and uh, you're just going to have to keep moving through it. Um, as the team works together, the more efficient they are, the, the easier it's all going to move through. The question becomes, can Mayhem... I mean, I think it goes without saying that they are probably going to be the favorite to win this. However, Scott is new on the team. He hasn't had as much experience on the worm as the other three members of the team. And that can come into play. Now, I was, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just keep humble bragging here. I was at Mayhem Classic, and I stuck around for a couple days afterwards, including spending one full day with Mayhem Freedom. You guys probably saw that content on the YouTube channel, but if you haven't, check it out. It's pretty dope. And they do a workout, a couple of workouts that kind of look like this. They did a workout that was the calories on the assault bike into warm push press, and then they did a workout that was wall ball into lunge back into wall ball. And they had some struggle coordinating the lunge. They stuck around a little bit afterwards and practiced it, talked about it, saw where they could fix it and how best to do that. And I think they have it down, but they haven't practiced with it since then. So if any of these teams actually practice together on a sort of day-to-day -day basis or even a regular basis, even if it's weekly, that's a huge advantage, right? Because look at it this way. If you're going to try and dethrone a team like Mayhem, how are you going to do it, right? You have to leverage what you have working for you, hopefully against a weakness of theirs that lines up with your strength. Now, what weaknesses do these teams have? For a normal team, the weakness would be one of the members, right? And you'd be like, all right, well, this person is just slightly less fit or significantly less fit than the rest of the three. They bring the average down. That's who we're going to leverage up against. With Mayhem, there is no weak link in the chain. The weakness that Mayhem has right now is time-related because it's early in the season and it's experience-related because they haven't spent a ton of time together. So if there's anything that's going to happen that is going to work against them, it's going to have to happen because of those things. It's going to have to happen because it's early in the season and they haven't had a lot of time to work together. So... 
if you were to leverage anything against them, the thing that you could use is the fact that maybe some of these teams actually train together on a regular basis and are just wizards when it comes to the worm. So in that case, yeah, I think it's possible that Mayhem Freedom gets their back up against the wall and just isn't able to make up distance if a few teams are beating them every single event because those teams do train together all the time. So it's not a given that Mayhem Freedom wins as long as there are teams out there that can leverage Mayhem Freedom's weaknesses against them, their relative weaknesses against them. Um, And we kind of sort of saw that happen a little bit today, but honestly, when you put them in in an interior environment, worm or no worm, you kind of are playing their game. So it's hard to say whether or not there is going to be a team that can push them. If it is, it's probably going to be Team Wade um, and maybe this trainlikefight.com team. I don't know. I mean, they, they seem to be pretty good too. We'll see what happens once the worm comes out. So that's event three on the team side. Team event four and five actually happened back to back. So we're going to talk about them back to back. Um, 21, 15, nine of synchro overhead squats with 50 double unders after each, uh, after each set. And it's male, female pairs. So male, female pair doing 21, 15, nine synchro overhead squats and double unders, male, female pair doing 21, 15, nine synchro overhead squats, double unders. And then after that's over, they have a, a short period of time to transition. I think a minute, maybe two minutes. And then they have three minutes each gender. So they have three minutes for the men to do a one or max hang snatch, three minutes for the women to do one or max hang snatch. So this is going to be an interesting event to go back to back for. Honestly, I think the real sort of fun part of this event is going to see how they're going to pack lifting heavy in such a short um, window. My guess is they're probably going to lift heavy while warming up in the back before they show up and, you know, hope they've still got it they're probably still gonna have have it you know what i mean but show up and and have already hit something relatively heavy you know close to 85 percent of where they're gonna be um in the back so they just have that going on they don't have to worry about using any of that three minutes because you don't want to you want to you want to immediately load the bar up and and start hitting heavy lifts um to to get after it because three minutes is not a very long period of time for two people to do uh, heavy singles on a hang snatch. So that is a look at what to expect on day two of strength and depth. We talked a little bit about what to uh, watch on day one. And um, honestly, I was very impressed by the broadcast. I know the team behind the broadcast is the same team that did the Filthy 150 broadcast. Um, I saw some people you know, sort of pointing out things that I think are legitimate uh, issues. Like, for example, the first couple of heats, the clock was running backwards and that was not helpful, but they fixed that um, after the first couple of heats inside the, the clock started running up and there was no clock on the outdoor event, but I understand why there was no clock because they started uh, with waves. So the clock wouldn't be that useful it would just actually end up being more confusing because you'd have a clock that read like 48 minutes or 53 minutes and you'd see an athlete passing by and then their score would be like 24 minutes and you're like what just happened and it's maybe not that extreme but you understand what i'm saying so having waves actually makes it more difficult to to successfully run a clock on screen like that Um, but overall the fact that they had outdoor streaming 
the indoor stream looked really solid. I would like to see them potentially spend a little bit better time focused on the actual interesting races uh, on the floor as opposed to getting these really broad, wide shots of the field. Um, it looks fine, but it's just I want to see, you know, I want to see the head-to-head matches. I want to see the athletes that are really pushing to finish this thing first um, and, and the storylines sort of unfold uh, the commentators are fine. They're funny. Uh, maybe not intentionally funny all the time, but they're fine. Uh, they need a little bit of work, um, but, you know, it'll do. It'll do. Overall, I'm pretty happy with how the uh, Strength and Depth stream has been going so far. Uh, I think the programming has looked really good so far. Um, even just after one day, the the tests look pretty dope. And it is shaping up to be an exciting weekend. I mean, the the least exciting version of this weekend is if in every division, the favorites walking in just wipe the floor with everybody. But that is an irrational concern. I think it used to be a concern in the idea that, oh, well, we're going to have all these different sanctionals and you can't guarantee that the field of competitors is like, you know, at equal footing. And yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the difference between whoever's going to win these sanction events and the person in the bottom, you know, 10%, is really significant but that said you know all you need is three four people to really be vying for that spot and suddenly the the actual race that is the competition becomes incredibly interesting and here we are day one's over matt fraser is not in the lead ma'am freedom is not in the lead all right they got a lot of work to do and it's going to be real interesting to see if they can pull it off as always, folks, I'm Armin Hammer. Remember, there's a whole lot going on in our sport. Easy to miss some of the most interesting and exciting stories. That is what I am here for. Hope you guys enjoyed this. I'll be back again tomorrow with yet another live recap of what happened at Strength and Depth. We'll take a look at day two. Take a look at the leaderboard, the events, some highlighted moments, and, uh, and also take a look at what to expect on the final day of competition. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, maybe um, like the video, subscribe to the channel, say what's up. Um, remember that out of the gym documentary deal that, uh, I'll put a link to the, the iTunes page for that into the uh, description of this video. Once we're done with the live feed, um, I think they're trying to get like 300 pre-orders before it goes live in February so that some sort of like algorithm with iTunes pushes it out to more people. I don't know. So if it's something that you're interested in, if the trailer enticed you in any way, maybe check that out. I think you guys would probably enjoy it. Um, I haven't seen it, so I don't know. But the trailer looks cool. And, you know, they're, they're doing new things. And I think supporting new media in the landscape of CrossFit right now is very important. So, you know, they've got my thumbs up because, you know, that's dope. It's a good thing that they're doing. Either way, folks, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'll see you guys next time.